Work sucks. Am I right, Jay? Yeah, Kay. It does. But luckily, the F My Work Life podcast is here to help you through. In this comedy podcast, we share memorable workplace stories through guests and listener submissions in the hopes of brightening your day, or at least leave you thinking, maybe you don't have it so bad after all. Listen to F My Work Life on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on all the socials at FMWLpod. This is episode 95 Seti of Bibco, Seti Bibco, episode 42. <laughs> oh, shit, I fucked it up. <laughs> it's part two of the revenge. Ooh, uh, America's foremost uh, revenge-themed podcast. That's what we are, folks. Crafting revenge-themed sequels to movies that never had them and never wanted them. And George picked Squirm from 1976, the bicentennial. And then we're going to talk yep. about Squirm later this hour. Yeah. And also, George. Yeah. We're going to answer, we're gonna answer the an angel question. question. Oh, what's going to be... <laughs> Tim, you know that guy named Humpty Dumpty, uh, the the giant Eggman who sat in the wall. Yeah, had a great fall. I, I'm familiar with his his story. Did he ever get revenge on Lisa Fox for introducing him to the ironic activity of sitting on walls and doing crack? Yeah. I don't get that. <laughs> I get ironic. the crack because he's an egg. Who's Lisa Fox? Just a friend, a bad friend, introduced him to drugs. That you just chose a random name for that? Yeah. Tim. <laughs> it's Seti Binko Part 2 The Revenge. The show where we create revenge sequels that nobody wanted. Seti Binko Part 2 The Revenge. Ooh. The Lisa Fox episode. Who's Lisa Fox? Your guess is as good as mine. If you are a former classmate of Tim and you know who this Lisa Fox is, <laughs> please write to us at Seti Bimco with an E at the end at gmail.com. Spill just, the dirt. Who is Lisa Fox that she still holds a hold in his imagination so many a, years later? A troubled girl who did drugs. <laughs> I have another question yes. about that rhyme. All the kids that listen, the rest of the rhyme is all the king's uh, horses and all the king's men couldn't put yeah. Humpty back together again. Well, yeah. why were horses trying? They don't have fingers. They would just stomp I, on his, his shell and turn it to dust. I have a theory, Tim. Yeah. He's enormous. Well, the we horses tend to still don't have fingers. We no, because they they don't, but they are used. They 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 hook these horses up with block and tackle. Okay. They have like the shards of Humpty Dumpty. Each little piece of his giant egg-like shell is hundreds of meters across. That's right. I'm using Ooh. European measurements because this happened overseas. It oh. takes a team of 80 horses to move even the smallest bit, even as much as one centimeter. And once they move him, they are yeah. melted down and turned into glue to glue his shell back together, right? Exactly. It's kind of like <laughs> makes a lot of sense. You got to want now like, we should be, yeah. You figured it out. Hey, and before we go any further, okay. Uh, last, I, a couple weeks ago, I don't know how this works. At last some week. point in the past, I uh, threw, well, I'm, I'm not talking to us last week. I threw out a uh, invitation if anybody mm. wants to share their story of uh, getting engaged, I would then share mine. And last week we did get a, an, uh, a letter. It was a very wonderful letter, and from, from uh, Paul. From Paul, hi Paul. Uh, Paul, we didn't. We had gone so long last week. I didn't feel good about doing it then. So I want to I want you to know this week. Rest assured. Stay tuned in the episode or skip past all this squirmy nonsense. Yeah. We will tell the story <clears throat> of how I convinced me, George O'Connor, convinced someone to marry me. Cool. And we also. That's great. Yeah, we'll talk about Paul. 
So every week we pick a wildcard question because we're going to watch this movie. Then we're going to ask who from this movie would be most likely to do something. Yeah. I, I picked a number. Okay. What's the number? 30. 30. What does 30 correspond to onto the master list? What aspect of Boggy Creek is reflected in this one? Oh, uh, who from this movie will be, would most likely die from fright after seeing Sasquatch <laughs> or Bigfoot or a big bow tie? Don't you dare. <laughs> so Ooh. before we dive into Squirm, Tim, yeah, uh, you know, we just finished our Jack Weiss retrospective. I'm sad. Jack it's Weiss, over. if you do, I am, I am too. And I was kind of like, man, should we have gone for that possibly dodgy fourth Jack Weiss film I found in, on YouTube? <laughs> I don't know. I've been asking around. Um, <clears throat> for people who don't know, Jack Weiss is a, he, he was, is, we're not sure a filmmaker operating out of Louisiana, specifically New Orleans, it seems, who did, as near as we could tell, five films. And uh, they're all kind of, like, terrible but wonderful. <laughs> Tim and I, like, almost like an escalating series of dares, we did all three that we could we find easily. And uh, it, it, it's left a whole, like, an empty spot in my soul that we don't have more. This movie was so, very flat to me compared to... Yeah, this movie was like so competent. I'm like, man. <laughs> but flat. <laughs> we'll get to that. So, <laughs> um, I just want to like let people know that uh, I have put out certain feelers. I contacted somebody who purports to be this man on LinkedIn. He's not responded. Hmm. I've made some inquiries in Letterboxd about finding a copy of his fourth film to no avail so far. But there is, this is interesting, Tim. I didn't talk to you about this. Uh-oh. So there is another podcast out there that maybe I think we have a lot of overlap with listeners called Bat and Spider. Okay. Uh, Tim is apparently a frequent presence on this show, writing lots of harassing emails. So they <laughs> themselves covered. It sounds like it from what I. So this is I'm new to this podcast. Hi, Hi. Chuck and Dale. Chuck and Dale, right? Yeah. yeah. Of uh, Bat and Spider. Uh, I just listened to the first episode, my first episode ever of listening to you all, uh, which was. Uh, Crypt of Dark Secrets. Mm -hmm. We kind of both, by some weird kismet, some sort of synchronicity, we both did this movie. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty interesting to hear their laid back uh, takes on stuff. Well, some similar. I feel like, oh, there's, I mean, they were talking about the same movie, but like, Tim, we bring like, we bring like a frantic energy to it. <laughs> Those dudes, they, they were so cool and calm. I, I felt, I felt like that was interesting. But the, my favorite part, was at the end when they were reading their mail, and sure enough, there is a letter from none other than my co-host, Tim Hamilton. <laughs> Very combative, downright yes. belligerent, I would say. I you actually you said you called them our comp your competition, Seti Bimco. <laughs> It was just interesting. I just want to mention this because oh, okay. uh, yeah, I wanted yeah. to give them a nod. I did like the show very much. They must have mentioned you. I'm not even exaggerating. Six times. Well, I know. I wrote a. You <laughs> live rent free in their heads. <laughs> That's sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's interesting. It's just it's me as the co-host. I'm just discovering this whole other aspect. Like I'm now realizing, Seti Bimco is a, a project oh. you could wage war with Bat and Spider. <laughs> They spawned me because I was writing letters <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I want to edit some sound. I want to make a song. And eventually I just said, I got to do my own podcast. So would you say that they're your, they're your parents? Yeah, they're my parents in a way. Not my, and my competition as all parents are. Well, it's, it's very Oedipal. Yeah. You'll eventually yeah. grow up and ooh, ooh, which one is the mom? 
<laughs> I don't want to do You're going to kill one of them. <laughs> Dale. Dale's you're going to kill the, the bat. You're going to kill Dale. Da- no, 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 you're going to kill Chuck and then you and, and sleep take Dale. Dale as your yeah. sweet. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> this is good stuff. That's just Mary kill. No. Uh, oh, fuck. Mary kill. <laughs> so yeah. Kill Chuck. Mary, <laughs> Mary Dale. Who do you fuck in that instance? Uh, I don't know. Nobody mm-hmm. left. All right, every, well, everybody the left the podcast now. They're like, Ugh. they are. I will say. Yep. This is on my mind. Georgia? What time is it? Georgia, Georgia will be on our <laughs> mind today. Great segue, except I'm going to keep talking about my thing. No, come on. I gave you a perfect segue. <laughs> but we had an Uber ride. Uh-huh. To Georgia. With a version, a version of Large Marge who just kept going rather than, you know, because we it, it took a while to get where we were going and all his stories. And he sounded like Teddy on Bob's Burgers. But everything he told us oh, was no. like... Yeah, the other day, this truck, it went right over the the middle of the, the meridian there in the middle of the road coming right at me. I had to drive into the, the ditch to avoid it. Was, yeah, these roads are terrible out here. And then we rode a little further, and he's like, yeah, they got these dividers here now with the lights because it was a head-on collision. Two people died right here. That's really that's what he was telling us. Was it you and, and uh, producer Miss Lee? Yes. Were you, were you sitting in the back seat, sweating <laughs> profusely, gripping the seat? I was... Because then he's like one. He's like one day I'm, I must have dozed off. I the, the he was talking about automatic brakes. Like the brakes went off, and I thought I hit a Amazon truck, but I didn't. We just kept talking to him so he wouldn't go to sleep all the way. What? <laughs> yeah, that's not what you want to hear. Why is he? And the, and when we got out, oh, uh, he just got a lottery card. He won five hundred dollars. So he's like, I'm taking the night off early. I won five hundred dollars because he's been off out of work because Uber took him out of the system because. He said something wrong to a customer. He's like, I don't know what I said. Somebody reported me for something. <laughs> it's like, I've been probably every single thing you've said to me, sir. Yes. He didn't stop talking, so I wasn't worried about him falling asleep. So Man. It was a that's scary terrifying. ride. You never know what you're yeah. going to get with Uber or that's the what, other one. Know, Lyft. I don't, either Lyft. one. Yep. Remember Juno? That was one for a bit. I don't remember that one. Yeah, that was around for like a week. Is that the worst one? No, it was the best one, so of course really? it went away. Yeah. For a week. You got a ride in that. It, it was, was more than a week. Yeah, I did it. It was well, it was the best one for the drivers. They offered the best deals. Oh, okay. So I tried because like it used to be like that was the best one, then Lyft, and then Uber was the worst. So of course being it's like the way like restaurants work. Yeah. It's fast food, McDonald's is the worst, so of course it's the most popular. Yep. Because yep. we are a hell people living in a hellscape. At the during the bicentennial tenial, you got yeah. to buy mcdonald's cups with uh you know red white and blue stripes what a segue that's yeah okay to make up for the better one we had so the this week's movie that we will be adding a revenge sequel to is 1976's squirm um it's uh the bicentennial as tim has said like now three times uh it's it's kind of like I'm going to give the synopsis. It's basically yeah. Jaws with worms. But yeah. um, it does yeah. open. It's also, oh, no, it's pre-Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Much like Star Wars, though, it does open up with a opening text crawl. And, and I'm going to read that for us right now. OK, sure. If it's funny. It, it's this is what's <laughs> actually in the movie. I know. Late in the evening on September 29th, 1975. A sudden electrical storm struck a rural seacoast area of Georgia. 
power lines, felled by high winds, sent hundreds of thousands of volts surging into the muddy ground, cutting off all electricity to the small, secluded town of Fly Creek. During the period that followed the storm, the citizens of Fly Creek experienced what scientists believe to be one of the most bizarre freaks of nature ever recorded. Yep. So, folks, that, that's, that's kind of the synopsis of the movie right there. And you know what? Then they show well, us that. So that was like some padding. They yeah, show the they storm. Sh- they show the electrical <laughs> show, wires. Yep, we see all this stuff happen. <laughs> uh, a really insane piece of music plays throughout. You know, I didn't... Uh, you didn't catch like the weird chorus of children singing? Yeah, yeah, it was odd. I can hear the dark. Because you if know who's sp- I listen mm-hmm. hard. Now you sound like Pink Floyd. Watching in the garden, <laughs> waiting in the yard. Alright, because these lyrics are like it's like weird serial killer lyrics, but this is a movie about worms. You, know, uh, you read who was supposed yeah. to do the music. No. Bernard Herman. But he Who's died. That? Well, he did the music for Psycho and... Uh, really? Uh, a lot of Alfred Hitchcock. I you don't know I guess name. this is a good point. This is a bit of a real movie, isn't it? Yeah, but he died. It, he was, that's why he didn't do it. Yeah. But, like, like he, I'm just saying, like, we do a lot of, like, regional terrible films. Like, you know, hey, sorry, Jack Weiss, we love you and we want to do your fourth film, fifth film, too. But, you know, your movies, they, they stink of amateur hour in some ways. Um, this movie had a pretty high production values. It was skirting the edge of being too good for Seti Bimco, I would yeah, say. It was well filmed. Yeah. Well filmed. Uh, pre- there were some people doing pre- pretty good performances. There were actually actors I'd seen in other things. Yeah, the mother is. Uh, the mother, um, um, the, the, the weirdly star. the bartender. Yeah, I couldn't place The him. sheriff reminded me of Chuck Connors, but I don't think he was. I have a note here. It's nice to see a naked woman not covered in oil. And, and I actually, I don't remember what I'm talking about. Did we see Jerry take a shower at the start? I think at the opening scene. Yeah. So, so we have two main characters. There is, so the main setting of this thing, it's fly Creek. Like you heard, it's a very remote Georgia town. And there is this, uh, redheaded woman named Jerry. We do meet her taking a shower. Uh, we don't see anything really, though. She's we see her through like a, yeah. a semi-opaque shower curtain. Although later, Tim, did you notice we do see her boob later? Yep. Yeah, we see a boob. Everybody, <laughs> I was George pretty excited. George texted me. It's like, yeah, oh it's boy, a boob, boob, it's a boob. <laughs> um, her and her sister <laughs> Alma and her mother, who I forget her name. Whoa, uh, <laughs> oh, Alma, that sister, who's a junior in high school or a senior, I don't know. Whoa, <laughs> I mean, folks, I. I went in a bit of a deep dive about this character, Alma. So, okay. You can't find her. Or no, she only did this one thing. Yeah. And her name was kind of, you look too, huh? I did. I looked for her. She had a weird star quality. So, all right, let's describe that. Like, so the mother is a pretty well-known actor who did stuff like, you know, from the golden age of Hollywood. This is probably the end of her career. She's definitely acting in a different movie. She's bringing like a different energy to this. She's Jerry, out of, well, she say she's out of it because her husband died. We don't know how. Okay, I didn't pick that up. I know, it took me a while. Okay, yeah, she's losing her mind throughout this entire thing, even before the weird shit happens. She's like, this woman has a tenuous grasp on sanity. Jerry's like, what, 20s somewhere? She's got red hair. She's very pretty in a very real person sort of way. She doesn't look like a typical movie star. 
Right. Uh, did you hear who originally was cast for this role? Oh, yeah. I read it. Kim Basinger. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, she doesn't look like she lives in a hick town. I'm like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> but then there's Alma, the sister, who, usually, man, what a specimen. Usually smoking a joint. But we see her smoking a joint later, but like she wears like, five inch high wooden clogs wedges. She's so gawky. So <laughs> this is a real person. She's like six foot tall. <clears throat> like she's definitely the tallest character in the entire movie. Um, I don't know. She just like she's, it's she is perplexing addition to this she movie. Is, she's interesting. Yeah, it's weird. You know, you'll never see a movie with a character like this in it, an actor like this. And this is apparently the only thing she did. I was looking this woman up on Facebook to see if she had, like, she's just. <laughs> I hope it's not a sad story. Man, it probably is, right? There's always sad stories. And then there's neighbor Roger and his father, and they farm worms. Yep. And Roger is, um, he, well, not in a SETI BIMCO tradition, he's either cognitively impaired <laughs> or perhaps drunk or both. <laughs> both, I think. He's Charlie's <laughs> cousin, Charlie from Critters. <laughs> And his father is like um, his father is definitely an extra from Boggy Creek. Like that's definitely mm-hmm. a, like a good son of the soil guy they found when they were filming this thing. And they have an oil farm, uh, n- not an oil, <laughs> oil, oil farm. farm. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Where does that come from? They have Jack a worm Weiss. farm. You're like I Jack hope there's oil. I'm still, the, <laughs> I, I hope the oil goes on the ladies. And Alma um, and Jerry's uh, father used to own some sort of like selling junk business. Just to make that clear, it took a while. I to didn't catch that, that part either. Okay. Because, yeah, they do antiques. And as it opens, Jerry is very excited because she has her friend Mick coming from New York City. Pretty damning know. indictment of New York City when we, once we meet this guy. Yeah, I, I felt I was personally offended <laughs> as a New Yorker. I'm like, hey. And Jerry, <laughs> Jerry wants to borrow Roger's truck. And Roger seems to be a friendly neighbor, but he and Alma don't seem to like each other. Because she's like, where'd you get your... I couldn't hear what she said. Where'd you get your shirt from a horse? No, for, you've been robbing corpses again. She oh, really? Said. No, you're making yeah, that up. Yeah, no, I'm what? totally being How serious. How did I miss that? Yeah, because she, because uh, let Alma, the sister, is that not makes an actor. Sense for everything. Yeah. So he. So let's just like Roger is like like I said, he's slow. He talk like this, and I'm not even exaggerating. No. Like and um and his his comeback like, to Alma is, how's your pimple? How's your pimple? <laughs> You know she has more than one pimple. I think he just doesn't know how to count any higher than one. <laughs> Probably. Well, and did you catch the scene? Because you kind of didn't remember this. We're introduced to Roger when we we do see um, Jerry takes her shower. We don't really oh, see anything yeah. yet, but she's kind of like just doing her hair, like apparently standing naked in her room. The camera is like right above like the dirty bits. <laughs> and suddenly they do this really quick pull out. And like like Roger's just staring at her. He's so watching he's, him, he's, yep. He sees her boobs. <laughs> And she's like, oh, oh. And so, like, we're like, oh, he's a creep. Roger's a creep. <laughs> yes. Shades of, uh, uh, well, I'm not going to bring well, up old movies. Camp Sunshine. Well, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Previous episode. I'm sorry. It, I, 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 actually, you know, Tim, this movie has some DNA in common with that. And, like, yeah. that there's the uh, the mentally slow groundkeeper well yeah come on have we ever poor, had like a, man, a fully cognizant like every <laughs> no. there's a lot of movies that we cover with groundskeepers they all have something wrong with them it's really sad it's not until uh goodwill hunting does the <laughs> does it all change get switched around right get robbins williams as the schoolkeeper genius Wait, right 
Was that what he was? I I don't think I ever saw that movie. Oh, yeah. He's the guy who's like... Uh, I thought well, he was a professor, too. I, think, I thought the groundskeeper was Matt Damon. I think he was the janitor. I forget. It's been a long time. Uh, a long yeah. time. I didn't want to go. So th- here's the gist. Uh, <laughs> um, Jerry's to, yeah. friend Mick is visiting from New York City. He's down, coming down to look at some antiques and to go to other places in Fly Creek I guess. and we buy some stuff. We never know. They say that They say that specifically. Okay. okay. It's funny, Tim. You you caught some details. I caught others. <laughs> um, well, the whole detail of how he met someone in Georgia is perplexing, but I'll get to that. I assume the internet, even though it didn't exist. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> he's from New York and, City. He's got a computer. Yeah. Also, it's interesting that routinely they refer to it as the city. Yep, the city. I'm like, that's there's no other cities between New York and Georgia. <laughs> Like East Bumblefuck. Well, so he's coming in on a stuck. bus, but oh, there's been sorry. this crazy storm. Yeah. So all the power is out in the entire town. But we also did see the electricity is currently, it's been ripped off of the power station and is like literally just coursing electricity into the ground. It's making so he's worms on a bus. scream. <laughs> so they do close-ups of worms <laughs> screaming. Yeah. Did, did, you, did you hear how they got the screaming noise? Oh, no. Was it, was it, it air out is, of a balloon? No, it was pigs being slaughtered. Oh, man. I mean, I know, I know bummer, the pigs right? get sla- slaughtered, but as long as, long also, as they Also, Tim, didn't... any pigs in this movie would be dead by now. They're dead by now. <laughs> yeah. The worms, so too. So it doesn't matter. The worms, too. <laughs> man. I do want to say so this guy, our, Mick, yeah. our, our, our uh, not-so-much-hero, he looks like Peter Scolari from Bosom Buddies, I thought. Tom, Tom Hanks' uh, friend. Yeah, he's bit. taller... He's taller, thinner, and red-haireder. Yeah. This movie takes the bold move of having two gingers as its lead. Mm. And not just little gingers. Like, these are some real red-headed people. Like, real, like, no pigment at all except for in their hair. This freckles, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But he, he jumps out of the bus and walks through the woods for some reason, even though he doesn't know where he is. And nope. Jerry, Jerry finds him in the woods, which is also perplexing. Remember? Yeah, that didn't make sense. Because she was just, riding the truck to get there. He falls in a hole. Oh, I thought like, he fell in quicksand. Ha ha. Oh, Another Sadie Bilko thing. <laughs> falls up to his nipples in water. And, and I'm like, oh, good. Is he going to drown? Like, or is this be a thing? She's like, and she's just laughing at him. And I don't yeah. know. You could feel that you could feel the chemistry between these two. And then you're like, oh, really? I get it. Yeah, I what? thought so. Okay. They're like, I mean, like, they're not just interested in. This isn't just oh. antiques. Like, I think he thinks she's pretty. Well, that's what I thought. I, I Yeah. See, this movie is very quick and it's fast too good. with facts. It's too good. Well, what were the facts? What's the, what's the fact problem? Well, I didn't know. I thought he was coming to date her. And I'm like, well, how did you meet her? So, uh, all right. Here's the, here's the nuance of it that I was able to do. The ostensible reason is he's... The, the reason that they're both putting on paper, especially to, to, like, for her mother's sake, is he's coming out to antique. And mm-hmm. for Jerry's point of view, he is coming out to antique. His whole thing is he's like, fuck antique, and I just want to get frisky with you. They go home. He meets Roger. Roger, as he said, runs a worm farm. It's like a normal farm, except they have worms and no chickens. He's like, if they have chickens on a worm farm, the chickens wake up the worms way too early. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) If the worms wake up too early, they're hard to milk. Got another bad one. (laughs) Oh, God. Mick does think, he does make the lines like, wait, do people eat worms down here? Does he? Are you yeah. making things and up again? She, 
no, I'm being serious. He goes, wait, people eat worms? She goes, no, it's for fishing, silly. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't let him change his clothes, which, like, he must smell like a dirty bog water. Because they got to yeah, go. They got to go to town to a diner. Oh, what, what is she doing? This movie is very so, confusing to me. Okay. Uh First thing, the reason that they don't change clothes initially is because the, like all the power is down. Her mom had asked her to pick up ice, an ice block in town. Oh, that's right. On the way. They so he's still first. dressed. He's still like, there's apparently a hundred percent humidity because his clothes never dries. He's nipples down. <laughs> he's wet. They go into town. Now she had, this is important. We should have mentioned this. As we said, she had borrowed the truck from Roger, the worm form. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, just be careful in the back. We got some crates of worms. Right, right. So right. just remember that it's crates of worms back there. Okay, it is. So she goes in to get the ice, and she leaves uh, Mick, the dweeb, in the car. The New York. There's suddenly a weird bump, like the car jumps, and yeah. he's like, he's like, huh? And he looks and like he doesn't check to see if somebody rear-ended him or anything. But he no. gets out and he just wanders into a local, it's like, our coffee general shop. store. Yeah, general store with an old man who's not too, not too crazy, but. Yeah, but I mean, Crazy. Tim, should we do it now or save it for the end? What? How many Jack Elam points does this movie? Oh, I get? do that at the end. Okay, that's at the end, All right? So possible Jack <laughs> Elam running here. But um, it, it is an old guy talking crazy stuff like all the turkeys got eaten. They got the the their turkey fingers and everything eaten. Remember, he was reading it in the paper because the worms ate it. Is what we're yeah. And Although uh, I was listening, it sounded like he said turkey feathers. I'm like, is that worms or is this just crazy? I don't know. But, but he's like, just wait a minute. Everybody got <laughs> I gotta read today's lockhorns for you. Oh. Did you hear that part? No. It says Loretta's I mean, talking. I mean, yes, yes, and right, Loretta's Loretta talking say? to her friend. She says, our, our doctor says I need shock therapy. But I told the doctor I get shock therapy every time I find Leroy's stash of Gerbil's monthly magazine. See? Oh. <laughs> Who is she talking to? One of their friends that they're always talking to at like cocktail parties? Yep. That's it. You I'm glad it. that we mentioned Lockhorn Lockhorn so much. Like <laughs> This is this is good. This it's is the sort of time. humor people. No, it hasn't. No, it's, <laughs> it's every fucking week. Oh, um, he orders an egg cream because he's from New yep. York City, and they're all like, "What? What are you asking?" Yeah, I guess for? That, I guess that's a fucking New York City drink. If you're from do 1930, we, yeah. Do you know what an egg cream is, Tim? Because they tell us in this movie. I knew that. Yeah, I didn't. Oh wow. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds it sounds like and you're from New York. This City. movie has a couple of scenes of people drinking things that sound like a lactose intolerant person's nightmare. <laughs> Because it's like a big glass of milk with some chocolate in it and a little bit of soda to give it a kick, as yep. he says. A lot of soda. And so I guess the lady makes it badly because he, he puts it in front of her and he's just like, he's being just it. like, just an ugly tourist. Just being, he's just yeah. like, oh, this looks like garbage. He sips it and then all of a sudden he's like, hey, and he throws it on the ground and there's a big old freaking bloodworm in there. Yep. Should we stop and tell people what bloodworms are? I didn't really know myself. All right, so bloodworm is a thing. I actually, as a kid, did go fishing with these a few times. They are, they're also called sandworms, and they mm. actually used both terms. They said bloodworms and sandworms, so maybe they're different things. Well, I read that they, they shipped them from uh, Vermont or Massachusetts. Maine. You read that right? Maine, yeah. Yeah, it was Maine, and there was literally, apparently, it, they sent 250,000 of these things from Maine, Ooh. and it actually, it actually impacted the fishing, I apparently, that. that summer. Or that spring. This was a spring movie. Uh, Bloodworms, if you've never seen one, folks, they, they're big. They're like maybe like six inches long. Ooh. 
uh, or longer even. And they have, I don't know if it's quite legs, but they have ridges that kind of move like legs Mm -hmm. up and down the side. And most horrendously, they have like heads that kind of pop out of a normal, normal thing, like, like an alien, like they, like with, with pinchers, like they're kind of scary. And in this movie, they scream like pigs. (laughs) And did you ever get bitten by one? Yeah. As a little kid, I did. Uh, but it was more like it's more just the terrifyingness and the and the pinching. It didn't break your skin, unlike what happens okay. in this movie. Ah, yep. So, the so police, there's a worm in there. Yeah, the police and blame he, him for yeah, playing the, the trick. Uh, should we talk about the sheriff? Uh, he's just a jerk. He, he is like you look at the sheriff, folks. Like he's clearly racist. Oh yeah, yeah. And I just want to specify, like, there's no character of color in this movie, and like, nope. I mean, practically, like, no color at all. These people are almost albinos. No hippies. But this guy, no hippies in town. They're no all hippies. Dead. He he killed them <laughs> he already. Killed them. This sheriff, Sheriff Renson or something. This guy just has a racist face. Like you're like this guy, definitely is a member of the clan. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. And he's like, get out of here, son. Yep. Just like. Uh... This town, this town looks like the same little town from uh, Baki Creek, by the way. Yeah. And have we ever seen a movie where the sheriff in a small southern town isn't the biggest asshole in the world? <laughs> nope. Nope. Has nope, there nope. ever been a movie where I want to do a movie where sometimes it's just like, he's like, yeah, I'm a cool guy. Uh, I think so. the like, only cop we've ever had that's been a positive figure, sort of, is one of the cops in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. But yeah. that's not southern. That was like Midwestern. He was best. just after his old girlfriend in that movie. But we'll get yeah, into that. And he won. He he got her. So <laughs> go listen to that episode, folks. So they do go home and Mick meets Alma. She's all like. You're really obsessed. Oh, Alma's your story, isn't it? You're really. No, no. You're really, I'm just moving the story along. It's, <laughs> he meets the whole family. He meets the mom and yeah. Alma. Yeah. But she's just, I don't know how to describe her the way he met her. And he's like, oh, uh, Jerry likes you. Or I, I don't know. She's just. She's really weird. Yeah. Like folks, I can't like, explain it's just, her. She has like, like she really is oddly proportioned. She is very, very tall. Her legs are freakishly tall. Oh, I mean her like, personality. Yeah. Everything about her is weird. She's wearing the, the heels all the time. She's kind of combat. I don't know how old she's supposed to be. No. Um, I, she's in she high has school, kind of George. like a weird. What, who was that? She's in high school. Shelly, not Shelly Duvall. Who was the, uh, the roller skate, the ice skating lady. Everybody did the hair like in the seventies. Oh, uh, that's an H in it. Mary Lou Dorothy Hutton. Hamill. Mary Lou Hutton. Oh, Dorothy Hamill. Dorothy Hamill. Mary Lou Hutton. <laughs> she was on Taxi, right? Leah? I don't know. Princess Leia. Yeah, Princess Leia. I don't know. She's, and she's just kind of like, I, I don't want to be mean. No, I'm she's not weird mean looking. She, she is very weird looking. No, I don't. Yeah. No, she's totally weird looking, Tim. <laughs> well, anyway, all of Roger's worms are gone. It's a big fuss. They blame yep. him and they blame Mick. And Jerry, because they took the truck, and the the father Rogers like I told you not to. Then my worm out, my worm truck out. I to told people. you not to bring the worm out to people. There <laughs> were three. There was a hundred thousand worms in those carts, worth three hundred dollars. You know what that means, Tim? Ooh, okay. Roll the music. music. George's current currency curter. George's current currency curter. Uh, $300 worth of worms, which we now know buys you a hundred thousand worms. This movie was released in 76, but as we learned from the crawl set in 75. So I was able to get very specific with this. That would be equivalent (laughs) to $1,717 and 98 cents worth of worms today. Wow. That's That's a lot. I see why he's so pissed. Yeah. Yeah. He he was really pissed. He's like, yeah, it's like the time you rented the, let the chickens borrow the truck and all the worms are gone when they came back. 
Right? <laughs> and it was because they were cranky because they kept getting woken up early. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Trying to build off your insanity. Right. So, so uh, they, uh, be, as, as poor Roger is being yelled at by his, his old man, uh, Mick and G- Jerry take the, the car, the, the same truck. They take his truck that all the worms disappeared from. Doesn't matter now. Go. Take it to Mr. Beardley's house. Mr. Beardley is, as is. we learn later, a beautiful old man. I know. He's a beautiful who, old he man. Has, he has a bunch of antiques for them to look at. At this Around this point is when we learn the bit that, like, yeah. Mick's not here for antiquing, really, because he gives her a big old kiss, and she gives him a smile like, I like you, too. <laughs> They're going to have redhead sex later. Yes. But they don't because they go to Mr. Beardley, and they don't find him. Mick's like, is it weird that Mr. Beardley's not here? And she's like, yeah, it is. So they split up. She's trying to get in the front door to see if he's okay. Mick's weirdly walking around the backyard and he finds. Oh, no, she finds the human skeleton, doesn't she? She finds it, I think. Or does she? It doesn't doesn't matter. They both see it. They find a fucking skeleton. You want to know something sad about that human skeleton, George? Uh oh, what? Today it's dead. (laughs) Say no. (laughs) Oh, no. That's so sad. (laughs) No, it would be sadder, Tim. What? If that skeleton was alive today, it's like, I'm a skeleton. Why can't I die? (laughs) I have no skin. (laughs) See, all right. Not, not to be starting a fire, but like, is that the sort of joke they would do on bat and spider? I don't think so. (laughs) So take that guys. Yeah. Take that. We're your competition. (laughs) Uh, So they, uh, they, they, they're like, we better go find the cops. They go to Mr. Racist Cop, even though there's no people of color in this movie. And he's going to be like, city boy, city boy, it's causing mm-hmm. trouble. He goes out with them to no, the... the um, no, I wrote it down. Oh, yeah. He goes out who, with them. He goes out with them. Yep. Yeah. Look. Not goes out with them on a date, everybody. No. He goes out with them to the f- farm. They get there <laughs> to where the skeleton was. Gone. Skeleton's gone. The sheriff says, I wrote this down. That's, right. that's the third skeleton joke that's been played on me this month. And he doesn't find it very humorous. He wants the kids to stop telling fibulas. And he's being very sturdy with Mick about this. He wants him to get out of town. So no more ribbing me about skeletons. Oh, and then he good. says pubis and he giggles and runs away. So I wrote that down. That's what happened. Oh. <laughs> I, I would have also accepted he says coxis and runs away. Oh, yeah. Tim, that was quite a boater you delivered there. It was. Uh, uh, boy, we're a good podcast. Um, Doesn't matter what happens next. <laughs> oh, Mick, Mick is getting like dressed in front of Alma. That was weird. Remember, he had his shirt off, and Alma's just sitting yeah, Mick, there smoking the joint. That was yeah. Odd. There is the weird. They they smoke weed together. Um, I don't think they were acting. I think they really just smoked weed. <laughs> yeah, but he's why is he getting changed with her in the room? A, a, a young girl he just met. That's the sister of the girl. He's Mick takes his shirt off several times in this movie. He's changing because he was in the swamp, but they're, he's wearing the dad's clothes. He's got the, no the, motivation in this whole thing, I just got to say. He's just all over the place. His motivation, no, his motivation is he wants to get sticky with it with Jerry. Well, we'll get to that. Not really. It's just taken over by who took the skeleton? Where's the skeleton? Because later, well, because later like, when they're fishing, yeah. she's like, uh, don't leave me alone with uh, Roger here, wink, <laughs> wink. He's like, ah, you'll be okay. Yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> he's yeah. Not, he's not so, paying attention to anything. Let's see. They go to Quigley's bar, which is a local bar. I'm only mentioning this because it fills in a little bit later to try to find Beardsley because they're not sure it's Beardsley's skeleton. And they're like, what happened to the skeleton? At some point, I don't remember when, they actually go into Roger's dad. Roger's the worm farmer, his shed, mm-hmm. 
And you know what's there, Tim? The truck in his truck, I think. Yeah. No, I, the skeleton's in the shed. I know. Yeah. And they're like, he fucking took the skeleton. He's been walking around. Yeah. So they're like, what? And they're like, they don't know what to do about it. They want to go to the sheriff again, but the sheriff like hates this city slicker guy. Yep. But they go fishing and, with Roger. That's yep. what happens. So they oh also I just want to mention there's a scene of them where he's he says, you know, wait, it's actually a funny line. Is it? He says he says, I'm not a tourist, I'm a Libra. Yeah. You make a joke. And then he says, Guess what this tourist wants? Mick says this to to Jerry. Uh-huh. And she looks at him all sexy. She goes, Well, tuna fish salad will have to do for now. So they eat a tuna fish salad <laughs> sandwich, but Tim, did you see what they drank with it? Milk? Glasses of milk. Yeah. Well, they oh. <laughs> this offends you. <laughs> yeah. You and food. Drinking, first off, that's not kosher. You don't combine <laughs> dairy and fish. And then, yeah, drinking a fucking, first off, drinking a fucking glass of milk is gross. As an adult human being, no, gross. Maybe if you're not lactose intolerant, which I am, maybe you could drink with cookies. But tuna fish? I think your mother's hatred of monsters. baking has come, in, come through your psyche <laughs> in a different uh, way. Tim, it's know. less my mom's hatred of baking. It's my mom's utter <laughs> inability to cook anything. <laughs> yeah, does Batman right, so, Spider uh, have uh, moms who can't cook? Take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where your competition. Uh, so they go boy. fishing with Roger. That's that's really, you yeah. know. And Roger, they have a weird, weird bit in the boat. Nobody wants to touch the worms because we all know the worms are like eating people at yeah. this point. They have a little thing of these blood worms, like in like a little Chinese takeout thing. We learn Roger is scared of worms. And of course, Mick, because Mick is, uh, he's not a manly man. And like that's okay for him, you know? I Tim think- and I, despite the way we uh, may sound to you, mm-hmm. neither one of us is particularly brimming with toxic masculinity either. Nope. But they're all scared of worms. The only one who's not is um, is Jerry. So she's putting the bait. And no, he does she, it, right? He, no, does, he does it eventually. Well, he tries to, and like because bit. Jerry does it, and he gets bit, and he gets bit, and it draws blood. Yeah, and he and she, and Jerry's like, "Oh my gosh, I never knew a worm to do that." And Roger, now, can I try to do Roger? Oh, this is the USS, voice? okay, it's the US Indianapolis speech here. He's like, <laughs> "I done seen worms bite like that once," and he tells this story of when he was a little boy. Back when my daddy was first making the farm, he was using a battery to get the worms up. And so he's putting electricity into the ground and the worm came up. It bit my thumb off and he holds he up his thumb, thumb and up. I think that was really that guy's thumb. And I think it was really missing. <laughs> that's a, that's an obvious lie, George. Why? Because I think he shot his thumb off in a leg wrestling accident. Oh, probably. I mean, <laughs> went or, down to Bucky Creek and it was a boat accident. I meant to shoot my foot off as one does. Or he gave it, or he gave his thumb to his mother as a birthday gift when he was eleven. Oh, what what happened to his mom? Do you think she choked to death on his thumb? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I do now. That's that's officially canon. Or or. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, what? He uh. was in a very intense game of hide and seek when he was eight, and he hid yeah. so well his friends found him, but they never found his thumb. Oh shit! That, that <laughs> happens. That definitely happens. A um, secret list. It wasn't a list, but that was that was yeah. Tim, you always you always get the sake. There's always the real list and then the unofficial <laughs> list. So this is what we we do learn. We learn that there was this traumatic event in the past. Like I said, like the USS Indianapolis from mm-hmm. Jaws. 
where Roger had his thumb bit off as a child. That's why he's scared of worms, even though he's a worm farmer. Um, we also learn, just throw it out there, if you get electricity into worms, they become carnivorous. Yeah. Well, also, we should mention Roger is a leering creep. He is. Not only was he spying on her before, like when she gets him turns around, he almost grabs her butt. And Mick doesn't seem to realize any of this. And Mick, no. Mick wants to real research what's going on the with skeletons. that skeleton. He suddenly turns into whatever character from Scooby-Doo you want to call him. Yeah, he's he's Velma. Let's just say he's Velma. He's, he's got glasses. <laughs> yes. And like, he's like, well, I need to go. <laughs> like, this is the like, like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. That's the wimpiest thing in the world. It's like, I got to go put a Band-Aid. bandage on this worm bite. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, really guy. And like, and like Jerry, who's on the water with this like fucking creep Roger. She's like, wink, wink. No. no. And and she's like, no, don't go. He's like, no, I really got to take care of this worm bite. It hurts. Owie, owie, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> and she, he leaves this girl he purports to be attracted to, or yep. at least like. Yep. With this fucking creep. And then he runs off. And we're like, oh, he's a man on a mission. So what does anyway, he do to him? He uh, runs to that shed. Yep. And he gets steals the, the jawbone from the skull. the skull. Oh, he takes the whole skull. You're right. Yeah, he does. Yep. The jawbone breaks off and he stares at it weird. I think that's supposed to be funny. I don't know. I don't know. He puts it under his shirt and I'm like, yeah. Yep. And then immediately runs into Alma. She's got a joint. The sister. Who's just being fucking weird and gawky. And she sees. Gawky. Sees the head. That's the word to describe okay. her. She's very gawky. But they're going to the local dentist because yep. he wants to check out the dental records. <laughs> yep. And almost got those five inch long heels she's walking in the woods with. In the mud, yes. like on these fucking wedge platforms. It's insane. I'm like, I I don't understand her. I well, can I, I tell you my theory about her, Tim? Uh okay. All right. I think <laughs> in an alternate universe, this movie was made without Alma. Hmm. And Alma grew up watching this movie and loved it so much. And one day she invented a time machine hmm. and she went back in time and inserted herself in the movie. She doesn't make sense in this movie. No, she's very ancillary. She smokes a joint with the guy. She's there when he breaks into the, uh, she breaks into the dentist. Uh, we're getting ahead of the plot. Well, they go off to find these x-rays. They break into a dentist thing and get the x-ray. I said, George, you, you did you left your story without ending. So, so that's why we can't find her on the internet. She went back to her own time. Oh, <gasps> I I didn't even think of that. You're probably <laughs> right. This is Tim. Here's my worry now, Tim. Uh oh. Alma has access to a time machine. Mm-hmm. If this episode gets released and we have this theory out there, will she go back and kill us in the cradle? I don't know. Or mm-hmm. will she go back and raise us? At, or will what she, if Alma's my mom? She would want to go back and destroy the, the good podcast. She'll show up. <laughs> we'll say no, no, we're not the best one. It's it's Bat and Spider though. We'll fool her. And we'll fool him. But let's get used to calling each other Chuck and Dale. So she's like, you need to get those guys, George and Tim, over out there. <laughs> but George. Wow, I don't have. Yep. My, my, I have a theory about Alma, too. And these high heeled shoes, and it's my official list. So. Okay. Oh, it's the list, everybody. <laughs> so she has these high heeled wooden shoes. And my, my reasoning here, my list is a little different this week. So, all you kids listening, 1976 was the bicentennial. And George may be too young to remember this, but in between TV shows, we used to have a bicentennial minute where Roger, where uh, Mr. Cronkite, his name was Roger Cronkite, <laughs> Walter Cronkite. I think it was Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite would come on. Do you remember this, George? No. Oh. Well, in one minute, he'd be like, it was 17-something when George Washington was a kid and people found a mysterious 
cherry tree that had been cut down. And they went and asked Mr. Washington, Mr. George Washington, did you, did you cut down this cherry tree? And George said, I cannot tell a lie. It was Thomas Jefferson. I I cannot lie. I told my slave to go cut down that cherry tree and he did. So they, (laughs) they severely punished the slave and George Washington became president. And that's your bicentennial minute. (laughs) We had those history lessons. That's what happened. Yeah, that's, yeah, that seems that seems likely. So at school, Alma was obviously uh-huh. in school. They made wooden uh-huh. objects to honor George Washington's wooden teeth, even though there'd be one uh-huh. one geeky child in class that said, "But they were made out of hippo teeth," and they beat up that kid. Oh, that's and they said, "No, nope, I feel seen. <laughs> we're going to celebrate his wooden teeth, you stupid kid." So I just have a short list of things kids made out of wood because okay. Alma made yes, those sir. wooden shoes that were five feet thick did she use her teeth to to whittle them yes i think so okay because she was high because she was high can't even say the word so sally joe bobby she made a wooden fake eye to replace her fake eye that was made out of twine that was her project (laughs) billy joe crabtree he he moved Uh, there from Bucky creek from fook from fook arkansas he made a wooden hat and gained the unfortunate name of peckerhead because woodpeckers were always pecking at his hat trying to get at the the bugs in his hair and Joe John Johnson, he made toothpicks out of wood instead of using possum bones like the local dentist recommended. So there's your, there's your list. Tim, was that the same local dentist, dentist who they break into? Yep, that we're going to right now. All right, cool. All right, well, no, no, because I want to, before we go there, huh? there's another, remember our hero, Mick, leaves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, leaves Jerry on the boat with Roger, who immediately gets creepy. Yep, gets creepy. And he's like, I got a surprise for you. And he's like being very scary and he grabs her and kisses her and she shoves him down and he falls into the boat into the where the, into the worms had fallen out and he gets up and there's all the worms in his face and he's screaming. That was a good special. This is a good time to mention. Yeah. Did you see who did the special effects of this fucking movie? Yep. Mr. Baker. Rick Baker. This is his first. Well, it's not his first first movie. It's his first. It's his first movie. He did prosthetics for. Okay. So he'd yep. done other films. I didn't really see what the extent of that was. But he just, um, so he just did that face. He didn't dare you do, do all the worm stuff. We don't, we don't uh, only more. the prosthetic stuff. So oh, he did okay. all the stuff with this guy, I guess. And, and some, some dead I don't body. think there are really any other wounds. Yeah, but there's a couple of bodies we see. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of screaming because he's got worms in his face. <laughs> and he falls into the water and runs away. And she runs after him. This also and, this is a, a short list, George. When he got worms on his face, the kids, <laughs> yeah. he was still in grade school. Uh, the kids okay. made up mean. Wait, Roger was? Yes. <laughs> he never oh, graduated. Come on. I mean, he was, he was, he was slow. <laughs> he, the kids had mean names for him. So one name was Worm Face. Okay, well. Another nick. That's, you know, that's what, you know, that's what this character's called. The too, other nickname right? was Worm uh, Face. Okay. And oh, then there was oh, a third, right. third nickname. Can you guess? <laughs> uh, worm Face. Yep. You got it. There you go. What people can't tell is every time Tim said, he said that first is two words, then as a hyphenated, <laughs> a hyphenated word, word, last time one word. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty good, Tim. Uh, so meanwhile, uh, while this is happening, while she's being assaulted by this guy, Jerry, Alma, the weird looking teenager and Mick have broken into the dentist's office because the skull was missing three teeth. And do you really and they, think this guy has a, a dentist's office? I'm sorry. That's a good point. Yeah, there was the, seriously. They, that's actually a good point. They had too. an X-ray machine too, which was that's a lot. Yeah. Well, they could send away for those X-rays. Yeah. My dentist used to do it. Okay. But they find the X-rays and like, it's Mr. Beardsley's skull. Yep. The skeleton they found was Mr. Beardsley, who was the beautiful man they were going to buy antiques from. They also found the X-ray so they all of run Roger's home. head, George. 
Yeah, and what was in it? Can't worms? Can't Roger alone. Alma felt bad. She said, I always told him he lost all his marbles, but you could clearly see his head is full of marbles. And they had a scan of uh, Alma's feet, right? Yes, and they were they just were, like... They were crushed. <laughs> no, what were you going to say? Sorry. I don't know. I was, <laughs> you, 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 you took my joke and shat upon it, so... Now people will get to hear it. Folks, if you want to hear my really funny joke, write to us. It's Eddie Bimco Wait. with an E at the end at gmail.com. No, you'll tell us at the end of this episode. No, I won't. Uh, <clears throat> boy. Boy. So, like, they all, co- they all come home. Everybody meets up. They have dinner. Uh, yeah. Right? Well, the thing I was really bothered by, too, is Jerry, for some reason, hides the fact from her mom that, like, she was, like, assaulted by Roger. Because her mom is very upset about her her husband having died yeah she's kind of like uh, and like i said catatonic in a way she's in another movie too she's like it's so nice to have some men around yes. the house i'm so excited and she was to... literally she was literally doing yeah. uh cat in a hot tin roof as her inspiration <laughs> for the accent i read that she was excited to have two hungry men around last time she had two hungry <laughs> men around they had to slaughter roger's prize worm that's what she said <laughs> oh yeah i remember that part. well they eat dinner well, there was a, before they do dinner. Isn't that when they go to uh, they go to find the sheriff again? Yeah, he's eating spaghetti with his girlfriend. It's pretty funny. He's on a hot yeah. date eating spaghetti. So there's an Italian restaurant in this town, and there's close-ups of him slurping spaghetti. And we're like, at this point, we're going to be like, I think worms are involved because <laughs> the sheriff says, "I wrote it down." Hey, kid, I got a bone to pick with you. Stop scaring me with stories of skeletons. <laughs> then he says to the waiter, "Can a mandible get some service around here?" Ugh. Then he says pubis and he giggles. <laughs> he runs away. <laughs> <laughs> the sheriff is a really interesting character. Well, they eat dinner and the tree falls in their house. So I think we can get through this plot. Unless yeah, you the, and it is have something you want to say. I just want to mention this. No, it's important to mention that the uh, the reason the skeleton was in Roger's thing, they deduce at some point the surprise was that he yeah. uh, he had taken he had followed them. And he had taken the skeleton because he knew that they could sell it for a hundred bucks at a fair. Ooh, yeah, more yeah, than that, that. I didn't even. No, they said literally a hundred bucks. Oh, is which that, I thought that was how cheap. Much is that I didn't. Today, I George? didn't do a George's. <gasps> cur- I didn't do it. <sighs> I did. Oh, I, let me do it real it's quick. George's courage, currency, courage. So a hundred dollar skeleton. If you took a human being and skeletonized it in nineteen seventy five, and then tried to sell it. It would get you. I mean, that would be the equivalent of five hundred seventy-two dollars. Ah, I got it for once and sixty-six cents. I'm yeah, off by sixty-six cents and seventy-two dollars. Oh, seventy-two dollars. Okay, five hundred seventy-two and sixty-six. Yeah. So, they so make- yeah, they're eating. They're eating at the house. The mom is getting really crazy because she's sad that Roger's not there. Uh, the worm. Well, a tree falls on the house suddenly. So now the mom's like freaked out. Yes. Uh, Mick runs outside and he sees. He doesn't, yeah, he didn't uh, care about if anybody's hurt. I noticed. He's just like, I'm going outside, see what happened. Yep. And Mick. Uh, he, Mick also, so does Jerry. They run outside and they see in the the pit. Mm-hmm. There's tons of worms. Yep. The worms ate the tree root, so it fell in the house. Yep. Mick runs to get gasoline because he's going to burn the worms, and he comes back and all the worms are gone because light hit it. Yep. So now they realize. Now they realize. Now we know this, Tim. This is the important part. <laughs> Electricity in the ground is making worms go crazy. Worms can't stand light. Right. So what they're going to do is he's going to run and get – Mick is going to run and get the uh, plywood yeah. from a nearby like ruin and use it to close off the house. And they're going to wait there <laughs> and like the mom's going catatonic and stuff. This is a pretty exciting scene. Oh, pretty next door they got an old plywood truck. Come on. Anyway. 
<laughs> they don't take the truck. Yeah. He's going through the woods. Uh, I think this is about the time when we maybe see, um, this is probably the best part of the movie. Jerry goes to take a shower. We see a little bit of boob. This is the best part of the movie. Best part of the movie. She's, she's <laughs> leaning over and she's turning the shower and it's making all these rubbly noises. And you look up at the shower head and worms are coming out. Yeah. And then I thought she saw it, but she doesn't. She turns the water off, but we, you know what? It doesn't matter. Open. And the worms go back in. We saw her boob. <laughs> so, that actually happened yep, before. I now remember. I think about it, because it was me. the sister goes to this. Now the sister goes to turn on the shower, even though like their house just caved in. The mom's going crazy. She wants to shower after the house. Almost She's going to shower. Although to be fair, she is filthy. This girl's caked in filth. She is. And and Jerry's like, I hope you have better luck with it than I did. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, turns on the water, nothing's happening. So worms start coming, but she leaves. Yeah. So. <clears throat> At the spot where we see uh, Mick is walking through the woods carrying two pieces of plywood. And runs into Wormface. Roger just picks him up and throws him on the ground. And he he, go, he throws him in a ditch and says, my favorite line, Now you gonna be the Wormface! <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't remember that exact word, phrasing, but He's standing I believe him, like, And he, he... Then Roger picks up this piece of plywood... <laughs> Which I need to specify to people. Plywood can be very heavy. This is like balsa wood. This is not heavy. <laughs> he throws it on uh, Mick. on Mick, Knocks who's him apparently out. knocked unconscious by it. Yeah. Then he picks up two small sticks and throws them <laughs> on the wood, and just like leaves him there. And he goes, "Now you gonna be the worm face?" Well, Ginger he runs off. Gingers get knocked out easy. I don't know if you know that. That's true, especially if worms are in the proximity. A lot of people <laughs> don't realize that. Uh, I'll back s- at. Yeah. Well, also, like worms are attacking other places. I think we can just gloss over that, except the cop who inexplicably, I guess he doesn't have a house. He's having sex with this lady in a jail cell. That was gross. Who would want right? to do that? That's so awful. I was thinking, I'm like, I don't think he, I don't think that. And they were making jokes about it. He's like, yeah, get your room service, <laughs> bring your stale bread and water. They're like, <laughs> I'm like, you people are gross. I this know. is a jail. Wall says for a weird time, call Alma. And on the wall, the wall cell. And it, you that. should also mention it's written up very high because almost so tall. Yes. It's like eight feet high off the ground. Uh, worms eat them. <laughs> uh, we see the bar really briefly. Worms eat people at the bar. Uh, and then at the house, worms are coming in. Mm-hmm. But we like they hear stuff. Like For some reason, I never got like the mom is just staring at a hole in the ceiling. Oh, <gasps> yeah. Tim, I didn't Tim, get do you, that. Or, I thought I, a worm was going to come out. Yeah, I actually think I know what it is. <clears throat> And I'm not, I'm like totally not joking. Do you yes, think you like are. that maybe the, no, I think this is really it. Like, I'm like, why is this fixating this? Do you think that that's like the father killed himself by shooting himself in the head and that was the bullet? Hmm. Interesting. Cause it doesn't, no worms come through it. No. It's nothing. And it's, and she doesn't even know about worms at this point. She's fixating on that. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I think, maybe. I think I she know. just, I think she's just like, <laughs> she's I like, never that's fixed, a glory. Never picks that hole in the wall. I never know. fix that hole. Yep. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, the daughter goes back upstairs where she's been letting the rod- water run the whole time. Alma. Opens the door. Al- Alma. Alma. Yeah. Alma. Yeah. I, I, Alma. And like thousands of worms fall out yeah. all over her. They look like a lot of, I guess they're rubber, but that was a lot of rubber. Some are rubber, some are real. Yeah. But like, Ugh. yeah, like. I will, that's something this movie does not chimp on. Like, like chimp on? That's not a word. Skimp on. Is like there are so many fucking worms, there real are. or rubber, in this. It's insane. Like some of these scenes, mostly rubber um, in the jail cell. I saw them. I was like, "You're pretty much all." Rubber. Yeah, those looked really fake in the jail cell. 
Um, and why? And the mom is sitting in a chair freaking out. They really. Did you do a list of why the worms wouldn't eat Roger? They eat everybody else. Why are they not eating Roger? They're just staying on his face. It's because his head is full of marbles. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we'll get to that, but we do get yeah, to that. in the climax. In the in the, I I have a theory. Actually, you're gonna you're gonna get it, but you're gonna be you're gonna be annoyed by it too. Yeah, I am gonna be. Uh, so we we get we get Mick wakes up in the woods and he starts hobbling back because he twisted his ankle, and he gets to the house. Um, in the house, Ro- Roger the worm face, he has kidnapped. Jerry. Jerry and brought her up into the attic where he's tied her up. And we see the mother. She's gone full worm. Mother, mother's crazy. She's sitting in a chair. And then when Mick comes in, she's just, the worms have eaten her. Yeah. Like she's just, she's, just I guess she's still knitting. I was, she so, was knitting something. I was surprised at that part. Yeah. She was knitting. I forgot. <laughs> and Mick goes upstairs and Roger reaches out of the attic and grabs him and they're wrestling. And so Roger has like this worm face. He's worms hanging out of his face. And it's like, there's tunnels curled through his yeah, face. Yeah. Um, That's why it's his nickname, see, Tim, George. what I think happens, like you were asking, I think he's supposed to become like a were-worm. <laughs> well, come on. I'm not even kidding. No, because – No, I'm not even kidding because this is what happens. <laughs> so they scuffle and even though Roger is clearly the bigger <laughs> and stronger of the two, he is thrown into a pile of worms yeah. by it's all over Mick. The floor, and he yeah. screams like, no. Mick runs upstairs, unties Jerry. Gets her out the window. They go, they go out a window into a tree, and as he's going, this is the reason why this is I think funny. he's a wereworm. <laughs> Roger lives throwing in the worms, and he's crawling on the ground like a worm. Up the stairs, yeah. Among the worms, up the stairs, and then he gets as Mick is halfway out the window, he bites him like on the butt. Yeah. I th- yeah. and like a worm would. I think he's like he's become <laughs> one with the worms. Well, I don't know how that happened though. I don't know either. Electricity, I guess. <laughs> Maybe like when he had his thumb bit off as a kid. And stuff. So <sighs> so many. I, then, then, so many bad theories. Mick beats him to death with a sl- with a uh, flashlight. Yeah. Or does he? Or does he? And then they spend the night in the tree. Yep. That's it. Daylight comes. The electrical man comes. Doesn't notice. What's he say? He doesn't seem to. He doesn't seem to think anything's going on. He's just like electricity's back yep. on. He goes, "You two lovebirds." <laughs> Spent night in the tree. Electricity's back on. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes love, then comes marriage, <laughs> then comes worms and the baby cared. No, but he does say, he does make the comment, go into town to turn on the power. Nobody answers the phone when I tell them the power's on. Because they're all dead. Everyone else yes. got eaten. <clears throat> and the two of them get out of the tree. They're like, what a crazy night we have. And then we see upstairs Alma, Tim's oh, yeah. favorite character, the sister, gets out of a trunk. Well, that was foreshadowed. I was like, there's a few good things in this movie. When she first got high with Mick, she fell in that trunk, remember? She fell in it. You're right. So That is foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. You know what I was outraged by? Uh, when she got out, she was still wearing those fucking shoes. That's right. I'm like, you mean to tell me <laughs> you spent the entire night hiding in a trunk as worms, thousands of worms swarmed around the outside of you? She's a, fa- a fashion over form person. I guess so. And then the two of them, the three of them run together. Uh, one has to assume they pass by the skeletonized corpse of the mom in the chair <laughs> yeah. on the way. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> they ran back in the house, didn't they? Uh, no, they they. Oh, they got. I the think trunk. they meet on the front porch, and then, and then they, they start and then playing they, that terrible song. Yeah, they, the children. If the light is dark. Wait, let me sing a different verse from it this time. <laughs> no, I'll play it, George. Okay, play it. But play a good verse. We're done. All right, now end. Revenge. End. What do we say? Who from this movie would die of fright if I saw a Sasquatch? 
Mick. Uh, Absolutely, Mick. He's so curious. The rest of these people are so... Yeah, but he's also afraid of worms. No, no, Roger was. No, they both are, because when the worms are found in his egg cream... Like the sheriff goes, what are you afraid of worms, Sonny? And he does this kind of little weird whimper thing. Goes, yeah. <laughs> I guess you're right. You don't agree with me, Nick? I mean, I just feel like the other people they live in like Fly Creek, Georgia. They see Sasquatch all the time. It's like just like, oh, that's just old man Bumpity Boo. He's one of them <laughs> ape man. Well, they would find him passed out in the woods, and they just say, ah, them city folk. The end. There you go. That's what happens. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one, that's Tim. That's a good one. Yeah, now don't go back into it. <laughs> our, our downfall is always you go, and then, and then the Zapruder film. No, you're supposed to and say, then, but, 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 oh, but, what, but, but he woke up, but he woke up next to the graves of all the dead hippies that they had murdered in that town. <laughs> nice. And they were skeletons. That's, and that's why the sheriff is always like, don't be telling me about skeletons. He's afraid they found all the dead hippies. I think this makes sense. That's why. Thank you for going back. We had a nice clean out. You dragged us back <laughs> in, kicking and screaming. You got to do your sequel first, then. I'll do my sequel first. Yay. It's interesting you said sequel, not revenge sequel. Revenge sequel. I got to stay it's on. revenge sequel. Start the music. Stick to All character. Right. Now, folks, boom, boom. this was a great movie. Like I said, possibly verging on too good for Sandy Bimco. I agree. And coming off of like a month of Jack Weiss, it was, pr- Weiss, it was pretty <laughs> rough to go to this. My Revenge, there's, you know, not a lot of people make it through this movie. No. Out of named characters, we pretty much have, there's Mick. I guess he has to marry Jerry now. Mm-hmm. I guess he have to adopt the weird looking Alma. <laughs> but Tim, did you know that somebody else survived? Mm, the sheriff? No, the no. sheriff got eaten. The sheriff's girlfriend got eaten. Okay. Everybody at the bar got eaten. Uh, oh, uh, Roger's dad? No, Roger's dad. We forgot to mention that. They found him, remember? He was full oh, of worms. He was full of worms, too. But you know who did survive? Not marbles. Roger. Oh, yeah. That's why you said that. Because, as I mentioned, I, I, I gave this away early. He, when he was a young man, and a young child, and his thumb was bit off, he was given a little bit of extra worm antibodies. Mm. And what that did is that lived in his system all along. That's unfortunately, it made him mentally challenged. Oh, because he he was half he had the intellect. If you took the intellect of a human and intellect of a worm and combined them together, he was the median result. Okay. But here's what's cool, right? That gave him the immunity to the paralyzing bites of the worms. So they accepted him as one of their own. Hmm. So when daylight came, turns out, you know, he get, he'd get bludgeoned a bit with the flashlight, but that didn't stop him. No, you can cut worms. Mick was in a half. real wimp. Yeah. He crawls back to the worms. They go back from what they came for, back under the earth. And he realizes he has to bide his time because that city slicker came and he spoiled everything. He ruined everything. (laughs) He made him a worm face. And so he said he was going to go to the big city and he was going to get revenge on that guy. Does this strike you as a man who'd ever been outside of Fly Creek, Georgia before, Tim? No. So very slowly... Using the worm highways that traverse our great nation, oh, he wow. and his legion of hundreds of thousands of worms crawled underground until they surfaced in the big city. Oh, is, the there, is this was, one of those Tim, Earth Hollow stories? Hollow Earth theories? Hollow, I like <laughs> Earth Hollow better. <laughs> no, Tim, this is better. He surfaces in the city, 
And remember, the last thing he remembers of his life in the surface world is he remembers a bright light as a flashlight was smashing his worm's skull in. Oh, yeah. His skull remade a bit, but like he now has an instinctive fear of lights. Uh-oh. He associates lights with the people who hurts him, and he sees a light piercing the sky. Mm-hmm. And this light has a bat in the middle of it. Because turns out he didn't go to <sighs> New York City. He went to Gotham City. Dear God. <laughs> and then in Gotham City, he became Batman's arch foe, Wormface. <laughs> he was involved in all the worm-related yeah. crimes. Like that time that Two-Face cut a worm in half. There was two of them. Wormface was involved with that. Okay. And the time Joker made all the worms in the city have smiley faces, he is involved mm-hmm. with that. Okay. And the time Penguin had all the birds eat worms, he was involved with that. And he eventually, he got revenge on Mick by killing Robin. Oh, I thought I thought he'd get revenge by giving Catwoman worms. Giving her worms. <laughs> well, that's yeah. better. That's it. Well, that's it. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> what you would call it? Which, ver- which version of Catwoman is it? Uh, he, give, he gives her, uh, oh, that, I don't know. But the worms he gives her is the damn it. What's it called? It's what you have. You get it from the cat, the kitty litter box. You, you most definitely oh, uh, toxoplasmosis. Have it. Yes, he gives Catwoman yeah. that. Yeah. All right, Tim. I'll have you know I don't have toxoplasmosis because <laughs> we had my cats tested for that. I don't have it. Okay. I believe yeah, you. So, uh, yeah, and he killed Robin because that was uh, that was Mick's favorite superhero. The end. <laughs> Worm face. That was Mick's favorite superhero, Robin. Yeah, Robin. Come on. <laughs> Is that Who would else would Mick like? <laughs> right. I, uh, take it as you will. I think Mick would like, uh, I guess, yeah, you're right. No, Mick would like Hulk sidekick Rick Jones. That's who Mick would like. <laughs> no one knows who that is. Which superhero is most likely to drink an egg cream? Uh, well, oh, uh, Robin, because you know Robin was alive in Archie. the 30s. Archie, yeah. yes. Yeah, see, it all makes sense. He goes, I made you a worm face, and he killed Robin. Okay. But Batman was like, well, good thing I have like 50 other Robins. Stop the music. And he didn't give a shit because he was too busy chasing Catwoman. <laughs> Who had worms. The end. Best story ever. That's why she was rubbing her butt on the carpet. She had worms. I guess <laughs> well, dogs do that, I'm just not picturing, cats. Do cats I, do that? Yeah. No. Okay. You're yeah, lying. Cats I are can dainty. tell the way you're saying that. No, they don't. I see your cat behind Actually, you right now. He's scooting, scooting across the couch. <laughs> that's I, I, Tim, that's my girlfriend doing that. I'll, Cut that remember, out. folks, stick around for the story of how I got engaged. <laughs> okay, here's my sequel. We'll get to it. Let's hear it. Play the music. My sequel is part prequel. It starts with oh. Mick and Jerry. They're on the run because someone's chasing them who's out for revenge. Is it Wormface? We don't know who. It's Wormface. They go and hide in Roger's hut. Roger's hut, he used to look at Sears catalogs in. You know, his secret hut. Oh, I know who's there on the run from. And Jerry tells us the story of how Mick, Mick from New York City, met her and came came to the small town to go out with her on a date. We didn't learn this in the movie. Why, Tim, this no, is excellent. We didn't know how. There's no internet back then. No internet. Yep. Okay. Bear with me. So they hide in the hut. Then we go, you know, we go... We go to the past, whatever. All right, yeah. I don't want to uh, steal that. Wayne's World style. I don't want to steal that sound. Too late, you did. Uh, so, her dad, he went to New York City to get a golden T-square that someone stole from his used junk store. It had been in their family since mm. the Civil War. Mr. Sanders, that was their father, that was Jerry and Alma's father, Mr. Sanders. Jerry who Sanders. Who was dead when the movie opened. 
He noticed it yep. missing after a big city guy named Bernie shopped at his garage. And then he saw it advertised in Junk Weekly. It was on sale at Bernie's Bernie's uh, Junk Emporium in New York City. <clears throat> so, Bernie Sanders? Just Bernie's. It's called Bernie's Junk Emporium. Okay. He hated okay. the city, but he had to get that family heirloom back. So Mr. Sanders drove all the way to New York City and headed to the address of the store. It was for sale in Studio 54 on Sterling Street. But he accidentally oh. went to Studio 54, which was a big nightclub for you kids who don't know. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, actually, I, okay. I actually thought Studio 74 was the first one in first. I was, that's why I made the ooh. Folks, this was a cool disco back in the day. You could go there one night and you'd see David Bowie doing lines of coke off of Mick Jagger's back. For all you kids who don't know, uh, every drink there was filled with cocaine and happy pills. So uh, nice. Mr. Sanders got pretty drunk and he left Studio 54 with Burt Reynolds. And they were all very high and they were talking about the Bee Gees and Mr. Sanders loved the Bee Gees. He wanted to see the Bee Gees, yeah. so... Yeah. So drunk Bert put Sanders in a cab and said, uh, you know, take this guy to CBGB's. That's thus, pretty funny. Thus Sanders ended up seeing and getting beaten up by the Ramones over at CBGB's. Oh, man. Oh, man. And a woozy, a woozy Mr. Sanders told the Ramones he just wanted to get his golden T-square. Thus drunk uh-huh. Joey put him in the cab and said, send this guy off to time. Junk Joey Ramone, we should yes. say. Send this guy off okay. to Times Square. At which point time. Mm, he got okay, out of his kind of. cab and he left his wallet behind. Only uh-huh. to be found by Mick who was leaving Times Square after buying some, uh, you know, pornography. That's what was for sale back then. (laughs) You know, pornography. (laughs) Egg cream-based themed pornography. So he found the wallet, and he saw the picture of Jerry and Alma, along with her Mm -hmm. phone number. And he thought Jerry looked less stoned than Alma, so he he called her up and offered to come bring their dad's wallet back and take her out for an egg cream. (laughs) Uh, He also should mention Jerry was attractive and Alma, well... She was bad. No, come on. Sadly, Mr. Sanders never did get to, <laughs> never got his golden T square. He didn't find Bernie's uh-huh. shop, but uh-huh. he died after he got back to Fly Creek because he tripped over Alma's five inch tall wooden heels and fell down the stairs. So she had already, and, at this point, studied George Washington. And one of those shoes flew up in the air and put that hole in the ceiling, also. Oh, wow. So, back to the future where Mick and Jerry are hiding in the shack. We realize uh-huh. they're on the run from the sheriff who survived the worm attack. The sheriff? That's not what I guessed at all. I thought it was going to be Alma. He pulled open the door uh-huh. and pointed the gun at them and told them to come along and surrender peacefully. And, you know, all seems lost. But suddenly the sheriff yeah. is knocked in the head by a five-inch thick wooden clog. Oh, <laughs> it is Alma! Behind them is Alma. <laughs> and she tells them to come with her quickly as the grasshoppers are attacking people. They have to get out of this place. <laughs> It ends with them jumping in Alma's stolen car, and they take off as grasshoppers start to eat the unconscious sheriff. And <gasps> the sequel's called Weekend Not at Bernie's. Junk, nice! Junk shop. <laughs> That's terrible. Like that one? I actually like. I liked that one. I have a question. <laughs> yeah? Was the sheriff fucked up looking? Was he a worm face, too? Yeah, yeah. They now call nice. him worm face. He said, I, I'm just glad it's not a skeleton-based uh, nickname, because I hate skeletons. <laughs> That's what he Boy, said. Boy, do I hate skeletons. It's good. <laughs> wow, what a great podcast. That's it. All right. No, it's not, Tim, because I have to tell an important story. I know. I don't mean that. Yep. I don't mean we're done with you. Oh, that's right. We're not. You want me to just... I, so can, for, I can recap. Yeah, recap briefly, uh, briefly the letter if you do. Yes. Paul wrote in, and, and he was saving up money to get a decent engagement ring for his wife, but he ended up having to get a root canal and no money to get the ring. 
But, you know, yeah. she said she was, you know, happy to marry him anyway. And uh, 32 years later, the tooth developed a crack, had to be extracted. And he asked his wife if she finally wanted that ring, as I'd have the dental surgeon save it for her. But she declined. So anyway. It's very romantic. A nice story. All right. Those Canadians it are so nice. nice. Wait, is he Canadian? Oh, yeah, no, I know no. he's a Canadian. Sorry, he's no. not. His co-host is. Oh, Non sequitur. <clears throat> we just mentioned Canadians. He's are close. Nice. No else are nice. He's close to the border. Argentinians, also nice people. It rubs off on him. All right, <clears throat> your story. So, uh, all right, my story. Engagement. So, story. Uh, boy, let me do this short. Uh, right, so here's the short of it, right? So, um, there was no teeth involved in this one. Uh, I have been working secretly for months to. Uh, I commissioned a local artist here in New York City to make uh, a ring for my my betrothed and I got the ring. It was very exciting. And my whole plan. So the thing you need to know about my partner is that no one in her family since her grandparents has ever been married. Her mother and father never married. Uh, her father really wasn't in the scene at all. Her uncle never married. Her aunt never married. So this family, they actually, it became a thing. They called it the curse of their family mm. that they're like, no one will ever marry. She's the only grandchild in this entire family, which is only like four people, five people. I didn't know this. Yeah. So I, and her grandmother's getting pretty old and I wanted her grandmother to be part of this thing. So this past Thanksgiving, we went down there. She had been down there for her job. She runs a big book fair down in Florida and I joined them around Thanksgiving and we had Thanksgiving dinner at her aunt's house. And it was, you know, it was very nice. And she and I cooked the bird and, I had brought her mom into my into my you know, plan. Mm-hmm. I told her, I'm like, look, I'm not going to marry your daughter. And she was like, oh, Lord. And she cried. It was very, <laughs> very sweet. I don't know what she doesn't sound like that, but if you're listening, Mamacita, hola. <laughs> Mamacita, by the way, this is our joke. She'll get it. Mamacita, I have one question for you. Don't de esta Santa Claus. Keep that in. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So she knew. So this was my accomplice. And when I found it after the fact, she had actually, there was a family friend there. She also told, but I didn't know this. Uh-oh. But so nobody else in the family knew. And the plan was, Can't trust her. because we wanted, we wanted Abuelita to be part of this. We're like, we're going to all go around after dinner is served and say what we're grateful for, thankful for. Like you do, like normal people do at Thanksgiving. It's a th- holiday for this. My, my, my fiance's family is persnickety people. <laughs> So I'm sitting in between her aunt and my fiance to be who doesn't know this yet. And her mom is sitting next to her on the other side. And her mom, as my accomplice is like, what if we all go around and say what we're thankful for? And her family's having nothing of this. They're like, now we don't wanna. And I'm like, please, everybody, it's really nice. Let's just all go around. We'll start with you, Tia. And she's like, I don't wanna. This is my house. I hate being put on the spot. And her mom knows what's going on. Like, I have never seen this woman lose her cool to this degree. Her mom was baring her teeth. She was gonna leap over the table and tear out her sister's throat. She's like, just say what you're grateful for, you freaking bitch. And it was just this crazy thing. That I'm exaggerating slightly, but only slightly. slightly. Luckily, Abuelita is. She's like, and she had already said. She had already said grace in Spanish. She basically just said the same thing in English, just saying how happy she was that everyone was there. And then people kind of fell in line. The <laughs> uncle, the uncle was like, 
I'm grateful for my mother being here, and I'm grateful this is almost over. And he waves to the next person and laughs. And we go through a few other people, and her mom is like, I'm, you know, it's all very nice. And the really sweet thing is we get up to my fiancé-to-be, who has no idea this is happening. She says she's thankful for me and does this whole nice thing. It's very sweet. And the whole time the family friend is filming this whole thing, too, because he was the accomplice. I didn't know this why. Uh Comes up to me. And this is my like, folks. You listen to this podcast. You know I'm not a smooth person normally. I'm I'm all about word verbal salads and high speeds talking. Yeah. I'm not a cool guy like those dudes like over at Bat and Spider like or Tim. Yeah, Tim. <laughs> Tim, totally cool guy. And I say, well, I'm thankful that you all have treated me like a member of the family for so many years. And Tia to my side, she goes, but you are a member of the family. Mm -hmm. And I stand up and say, well, tonight I'd like to make it official. And I drop down to my knee. I pull out the ring and I asked her to bury me. And then she said, yes, it was very sweet. I'm cutting a lot of other details. It's just really funny. Her family was all like ready to kill each other because they just wanted to eat food. (laughs) Well, it's a great story. Yeah, and it's, and no revenge. Yeah. It was just happy. It was happy. Yeah, and it, it was me doing something right. You told pretty you good. told us me and some others that you were planning that, and I, I yeah. was predicting that like uh, you'd be taking pictures <laughs> after you proposed, and I'd I'd be like that person, like uh, come on, the food's getting cold. And I thought everybody be <laughs> I thought everybody be thinking that. that. I mean, they pretty were pretty much were. So <laughs> I've true. learned a lesson. Like it's an unconventional. It's probably the least sexy holiday is Thanksgiving. It's the holiday where people gorge themselves to the point they unbutton their pants and then they make turkey farts the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. But we made it we made it work for this one. But like there's a reason people don't normally propose it at Thanksgiving because people are hangry. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, Paul, for uh getting George to tell his story. Yep. Do we have any other mail, Tim? No. Still clogged up. You but know your, what, Tim? your heartwarming story reminds me of a very, very short story. Ooh. Of me. Uh I feel bad. I, I know my neighbors don't listen to my podcast probably, but they went away for the holidays. <laughs> and then you broke into their house gave, and stole their stuff. <laughs> I thought of that. They gave me mm-hmm. their plant. And they have a girl, a little girl. She's six or seven. And she has mm-hmm. a little succulent. You're just supposed to put, uh, if you have succulents, you, it's like a little plant that doesn't take much water. Yeah. You put a little water once a week. She yeah. gave us that plant to take care of. Somehow, somewhere, somehow... I guess a window opened and, you know, one day we looked at the succulent. It was like dead. It was just <laughs> fallen over dead, been killed by the cold oh, air. Wait. What? Oh, it's a wow. small one. Like, okay. So we're like, what are we going to do? And so we went out and we bought the closest looking one to it. It's a bit bigger. A fake succulent. It's bigger. And we put it in uh, the same pot. It's much bigger. She's going to think you have a green thumb. So I gave it to her today and she was like, huh. When I take care of them, they don't grow. But you take care of them, they grow. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm, better. <laughs> I'm a better at this than you. No, I felt bad because she was like, I can't take care of plants. But you made it grow so big. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> anyway. That's right. Uh, and if you understand what my story reminded him of that, please write to us at Sandy Bimco <laughs> with an ethia at gmail.com. You, you t- Where was the overlap? You told a heartwarming story. And I was thinking, here's a heartwarming story that went bad. I thought we were going <laughs> to okay. not break her heart, but I, wow. think, I think she's more like, I'm terrible at raising plants. 
Yep. That uh, that girl was going to grow up to be a botanist who would like save the world. Like be like, no hey, more. I'm gonna restore the lungs of the world. Amazon rainforest, you're healed. But now she's gonna go off and she's gonna work at like a counter at like a truck stop in New Jersey. Maybe. Yeah. Now we're done. And if you work oh. at a counter in a truck stop in New Jersey, there's nothing wrong with nope. that. It's good. It's fine. No, that's at least you're not a cartoonist. I think uh, truck stop right. in New Jersey is where uh, Bat and Spider broadcast their podcast from. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Bat and Spider, I will <laughs> say this, kidding. Tim. I'll say what? this. You know, I know you, you. They have more mail than us. What's going on with that? I don't know. We got it. We got to fucking take those guys down. <clears throat> I'll write them a letter next week. I'm going to write Ask them, them profanity. Truck Screw stops them. going. Yeah. Just just do that. That. Oh, oh. we'll see if they listen to us. Yeah, we will. Hey, hey, Bat and Spider, how'd that truck stop? <laughs> Nothing else. All right. All right. We got to go, and I got to tell you what we're going to watch next week. Ooh, what it going to be? Well, the good news for me, because I like this and you hate this, this movie has no oh, wiki no. page. Good news for me that you hate. <laughs> it's from 1968. <laughs> no! I did scrub through it a little bit. It's a little bit of a nudie cutie, though. Okay. It's or called. At least, at least I'll see like the weird, weirdly shaped naked bodies in the sixties. <laughs> yes. It's called Love After Death. It's on Tube. I hate Tubi. it already. I don't think it's anywhere else. But Love hey, it's only death. an hour and ten minutes, George. That's good. I think it, I think it's in the camp of Camp Sunshine. You know, badly dubbed. I, I looked at a little bit at the beginning, so I was like, oh, badly dubbed. I love this. Filmed in New York. Uh, I think it's filmed in the, the castle in Central Park, but we won't get into all that. Ooh. They're like, it's a castle. I'm like, that's the Central Park castle. We'll get into it then. Is that it? We're done? Yep. I got, I got yep. no more stories. We'll say goodbye. Show, right? Bye. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Oh, Seti wait. Bimco. Love us and like us everywhere. Ooh. Forgot about that. Follow us <laughs> on SETI underscore Bimco and Instagram there. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. What's not to love? Bye. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party line. It's a party line. Yep, no more stories. At that time, no I sat down in the toilet and realized I was still chewing food. Did you ever do that? <laughs> Ooh, All right, no. let's go. No, but do you ever do, the, you ever do the thing where you're standing up, peeing in the toilet, you're drinking water, you're like, I'm almost creating a circuit here. <laughs> I've never done that. Now you're making that up. I do that all the time. <laughs> Because I walk through my house drinking water all the time. So I'm peeing constantly <laughs> and I'll be peeing and drinking at the same time. Like if I was somehow drinking out of the back of the toilet, I would be part of the circle of life. You right ever now. been in the bathtub putting mud on your feet while you're cleaning off the other half of your body? I mean, come on. What's going on? No. No. <laughs>